the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like. Come and join us in the chat Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We are counting you down to the College Football Playoff National Championship game between Georgia and TCU. We got some some prop picks, some last thoughts, some best bets all coming your way, uh, plus so, so much more. Uh, Tom Fernelli right there, Bud Elliott at the AFCA Coaches Convention. Um, so, Bud, I want to know, first of all, do the coaches have any like strong game takes that you've, uh, that you've heard so far? They do. Um, they, for the most part, think Georgia's going to roll TCU. Mm. They, 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 like, they thought that for Michigan last week, too, though. See, that's what I said. That's what I said. I was like, all right, do you, but did you guys think Michigan would? And a couple of them were like, yeah, kind of. But then a couple of them were like, look, man, the kids Georgia recruits are just a different level of player than the kids Michigan recruits. So, I don't know. Which is but fair. Like, I was like, okay. I was like, Michigan did score 40-something on TCU. And they're like, yeah. And Kirby's not going to let Stetson throw this game away. Which, which leads us back to the most – we're going to do like more props and stuff a little bit later on, but leads us back to the funniest uh, line movement that we've seen, which is apparently the Cover 3 podcast. Uh, again, like all shout-outs to the early edge. It does pay to watch us live too because we gave out Stetson Bennett nine and a half. And, Bud, what would you say the new Stetson Bennett rush prop is? Yeah, so uh, if you got us on – what was it, Thursday show? Thursday show. Mm-hmm. We, we, we gave out Stetson Bennett rush yards over nine and a half. Um, if you want to bet it today, you'll have to bet over 17 and a half. That's significant. That is, yeah. <laughs> Cause, That's cause, double. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we're yeah. also, you know, thinking about like it's it's Kirby and Stetson. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with four yards. All right. If you, you don't see that first read, you should go off. All right. Just just four yards. Ain't nothing bad about that. So the, uh, go ahead and, and lock that in. I don't know. Anything under 20, I would say green light go just because yeah. I could also see Stetson Bennett ripping off a 30 yarder at some point in this game. Um, but yeah, not, not surprising, but interesting to hear that the coaches are lined up with the uh, the program that exceeds in the talent acquisition business. 
Um, before we get into some of our best bets and props in the, in this game, what do you think a win for Georgia would mean in the larger picture? What stands out the most to you? Are you entertaining the dynasty talk? Where do you think we position Georgia against Alabama? Where do you think we position Georgia against the rest of the country? What does it mean for Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs if they get this win? I think that a win tonight solidifies Georgia as the top program in the country. Hell, I don't know that they even have to win tonight to be considered the top program in the country, but I think if they do, there's really no questioning it that they are. You know, they're the quote, you know, dog that everybody else is chasing at this point. As for dynasty, now this is always kind of a a weird word that gets thrown out and means different things to different people. For me, I don't feel like you're a dynasty until you win three. Back-to-back is really hard to do. I'm not saying you have to win three in a row to be a dynasty, but I feel like three titles within a reasonable period of time with the same core. Like if it's professional, the same core of players. If it's college, the same kind of head coach and same kind of program. Like three and five, three and six, three and seven. You start doing that, you're a dynasty. Back-to-back to me means you were a very good team for a couple of years. I think that's fair. They also played for one, you know, and so mm-hmm. if you – if you play for one and then you win two more in a four-year span, I, I mean, the dynasties in, in our lifetime are what? Bama yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Nebraska, Florida State. Anybody Miami-ish? In the, like, like, I mean, did, how many did Miami, Miami won? It, how many did Miami win? It's just were they, they close enough to really get No, they were it? too spread out. They were too yeah. spread out. They were different head coaches and like – the, the Miami the dynasty, there. honestly, probably is more of an argument ne- right near the end where winning one and then playing Ohio State for one is sort of like the end marker of the late second run of Miami dynasty. I might give it to Miami because my argument for Georgia would be just simply the win-loss record over a stretch of seasons. That from 2017 to 2022, you played for it three times. One of those goes to double overtime. You won two of them. Again, if they beat TCU – and you just didn't have many losses. You were playing for the SEC championship almost every single season except for 2020. You were um, playing in New Year's Six Bowls almost every single year. I, I do think that that would put us a little bit closer to the dynasty discussion. At, at a minimum, create that debate where it's like, was the USC Pete Carroll run a dynasty? Maybe not, but significant. Was the Clemson run, which I think we can say – Given the last two seasons, we can sort of put a bookend on that Clemson run from 15 to 18 or 15 to 19 because they went undefeated and played LSU for the title in the 19 season. 15 to 19, that was a run, maybe not a dynasty, but Georgia would basically be in that discussion for me if we want to talk about what it would mean to win on Monday night against TCU. My pushback on that, though, like I, the record means you're a very good team. Dynasty to me is winning titles because I could say Ohio State in the last four years under Ryan Day has been to the playoff three times in four years, played for a national title, and is 45-6. and six. They're not, You would never consider that team a dynasty. You might consider them one in the Big Ten, but they haven't even won a Big Ten title. Mm. Gotta yeah, get I, I, I think that's fair. We, we probably should. I, I don't know. I, I think you kind of got to count Clemson, right? I mean, two titles, played for two more in, what, a six-year, seven-year span? Yeah, I think they're very much on the – like that – 
era is very much on the cusp. And if they do break through for a third at some point in the next couple of years here, I don't think there's any doubt, but that's, that's my thing. It's, it's an arbitrary thing for me. It's three, three rings, baby. Three. Yeah, yeah. Three rings. I like I it. Like it's like the time period kind of matters. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like dynasty to me is more like you have reloaded, you're winning it with different players. Like I don't think urban Meyer at Florida counts, right? It was, it was no. too hot, too fast. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, 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 they win one. 07, they kind of drop off super young team. They win one in 08. In 09, Saban's like, hey, by the way, I'm back to this league and, and I'm going to own this league for about the next you know decade and a half. So, um, man, yeah. They just, they also, I think they deserve a lot of credit because they were not in the top two favorites to win the title this year. It was Bama and Ohio, Ohio State, State Alabama. because of quarterback. And look, Bama wasted Bryce Young. And, you know, CJ almost got him and you had to face the guy that was the, the, you know, the favorite and beat him. All right. So, what about the other side of this? What, but is there is there like a is is there like a blue chip ratio official like statement that's ready to fire if TCU <laughs> if like if the clock hits zero? Glass in face of emergency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like there's there's an official statement in the, from the office of Bud Elliott Esquire to address the uh, the demands from the public about the blue chip ratio. This is why I've always put in the like, look, at some point, somebody's going to bust the blue chip ratio. Correct. Like, just streaks break. They do. Now, I like TCU a lot this year. No way in hell that I think TCU would be the team if they do it to break the blue chip ratio. Right. Like I figured it would be top level NFL quarterback on a team that barely missed the cut. So, you know, Clemson, the first time with Deshaun, with Nick Saban onside kicks and, and, and beats them. Right. That kind of saved my bacon there. Now, Ohio State smashed that Oregon team that would have done it when they had Mariota. TCU, to me, feels a little bit closer to that team than it does to that Clemson team. Uh, But they certainly could do it. And uh, if you look at it, Gary Patterson always recruited guys that had a lot of high-end traits. Okay, Now, I don't think those kids played hard for them the last two years. I don't think they particularly liked playing for Gary the last couple of years. And that's one of the reasons why I liked TCU to win the Big 12 this year because I figured, okay, they have more physical talent than people realize. I don't think TCU is a bad developer of talent. You get a new guy in there. You get two really good coordinators in Riley and Joe Gillespie, and you make some stuff happen. You get some veteran talent coming in to supplement some guys who are clearly going to the NFL. Is TCU a repeatable strategy if they do this? I, okay, let's assume that they don't beat Georgia by double digits if they do win the ballgame. That's probably likely unless, I don't know, unless you knock Stetson out or something like that. Or knock Bowers. Uh, out. Be, right? Remember, we are on a Georgia quarterback or a TCU star wide receiver injury mm-hmm. away from totally, you know, we can't yeah. even call it a championship anymore, right? I mean, if, if you ask right. the losing there's, team in either scenario. Yeah. So they're seven and one if they beat Georgia by a single score in single score games. Like, is that possible? Yes. Is it repeatable? About one or two teams do that every year ish. Does it usually happen to the team that's going to play for the national title? Probably not, I, w- I would say. Like, this is an amazing Cinderella run. And will Georgia stomp on the glass slipper? Maybe. But like, I kind of hope TCU does it. We have not had a national champion in this sport from west of Mississippi since 05. Like, that's one of the reasons why I want more teams involved in the dance. Because Cinderella runs are fun to watch. Wait, isn't LSU west of the Mississippi? No, it's not. Think about it. The sun sets over the Mississippi River, which is directly west of the stadium. You sure? I thought the stadium was on the yeah. west side of the Mississippi. 
No, we I had this argument like two years ago when I, when I wrote this article, and I, I, I had to put a screenshot of, of, of where, the, where the river is in relation to the stadium. <laughs> I've Googled this one several times. Like, but, yeah, now it's like, I'm like, I know that it's on the Mississippi, but what side of the Mississippi is it on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bud Elliott, Jim Calhoun, check your facts, okay? Check your and facts. And I asked my wife who went to LSU, I was like, wait, right. where, where's the rivers? Okay. Um, if I could get romantic and like unscientific for a second. I do think that these Cinderella runs are not going to be easy to come by and that TCU might legitimately just be like that perfect combination of a team that had been fractured. Like the players have been talking about how they just like were all blaming each other, that everybody was kind of off on their own silos and that when the losing started, they just all started complaining and blaming each other. And like the one thing that changed, it was uh, Steve Avila, the offensive lineman. He talked about it, the Colorado game. And it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. They were down three to nothing at the end of the first quarter, and the offense was doing absolutely nothing against a Colorado team that would go on to be the worst Power 5 team in the country. And he was like, but unlike last year, the year before, like there was no panicking. Like there was no blame. Like the, everybody still had like a very level head about it. You know, the um, Coach Kaz, their strength and conditioning coordinator, is somebody that almost all the players have been talking about as like his approach to – mental health, emotional flexibility. Again, this is all very unscientific and like romantic, but I think the combination of the experience that they've had together, uh, the the coach in Sonny Dykes and his staff and sort of like the way that they've tried to pull everyone you know, together as a unit, if you want to make a Cinderella run, you have to have that special sauce of knowing that you're going to be able to overcome all, all these different uh, speed bumps along the way because of the advantages that you do not have in terms of speed, in terms of size, athleticism, like raw talent in terms of the projections as well. And like there could be a situation where you know, if you want to make a Cinderella run, you go back and you try to learn from this campaign and what they did to be able to get the, the roster to be playing at this level. They are the biggest underdog, at least in the last quarter century. Right. And in the that is like championship game. Yeah. That, that fully encompasses uh, basically the start of the BCS onward. Right. I, I'm trying to think back like 97 was Florida. So they would, I think they were favored over the Knolls in that 96. I think that was what Nebraska, they would have been favored in the Orange Bowl. At 95, 90. I mean, I'm just thinking about all these. I'm pretty sure that this is like the biggest underdog to to have won a national title in, in their bowl game, at least in 30 years. And then you kind of got to go back to, I mean, what was BYU when they split? Like, I mean, this mm-hmm. is probably, if they win this, I, I don't know. I need to do some more research on some of these historical spreads, but this could be like the biggest, if they pull this off, like the biggest national title game upset in terms of like the actual game line in like 30 or 40 years. Well, hold right. on. Let's let's be sure we offer a good quote for when who whichever winner is going to put together a hype video, you know, by calling all the different interviews for the thing. It was like Georgia, a dynasty. This win cements it. Okay, you can clip that, Georgia. And then this is the Hollywood ending for the TCU Cinderella story. Okay, TCU, you can go ahead and clip that. You know, go ahead. That's that's free. Maybe just sh- cite the Cover Three podcast and that along the way. Um, all right. Coming up on the other side, we will turn our attention to some of our best bets in the game and a few other news headlines along the way. Next. It's only a kick. A jump. 
a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast. I, I'm just going to, you know, these aren't necessarily best bets. If so, then be sure to holler. I'm going to run through a couple of uh, couple player props right here. Give me your bang-bang first impression. So first, we're talking about passing touchdowns for Max Duggan and Stetson Bennett. I'm seeing one and a half is the number. For Max Duggan, it's closer to an even split. For Stetson Bennett, it is heavily juiced towards the over. Uh, what are the thoughts on passing touchdowns for both of these quarterbacks? Over on Stetson, under on Duggan. Ooh. Ooh. I just uh, think I think that Georgia struggled to run the ball a lot in the last couple months, and Stetson has become more of a they've they've become more of a passing team, especially in the red zone. That's fair. I kind of think mm, I I don't think that Georgia's gonna allow TCU to run the football for touchdowns in the red area. Like maybe TCU burst one big. Uh, you also kind of get the concession score from TCU probably in this. Most likely they won't run it in if they're down big late. I, if I had to, I would probably play over Duggan. What was the juice on Stetson? Pretty, it was pretty good, right? Like minus 200, 225, something like that. I don't think I'd lay that. I oh, would not lay that. Minus 200? No, yeah. no, 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 no. No, I, I would say that that's, uh, that's unlikely. And, and my Stetson Bennett under would be more along the, the lines of the Bud Elliott theory of just <laughs> you're, they're not going to let him go out there and, and risk anything, especially, and listen, if Georgia gets up early, zero risks taken the rest of the way. You know, the, like the most painful way to lose all these like Stetson and, and uh, Brock Bowers props is like Stetson gets a handoff on one of those like little like tight end, tight end rounds yes. from like the seven and runs it in. It's not, it's not a passing, t- it's not a passing touchdown, not a receiving yeah, touchdown. To- <laughs> Bunch of gimmicky stuff right there. All right. What about, so for yeah. passing yards, Max Duggan at 234 and a half, Stetson Bennett at 277 and a half. I'd probably be on the under on both. On both? Feels yeah. really big for Stetson for sure. Yeah, but I mean, he threw like 400 yards against Ohio State. <laughs> I just, mm. This is just so one, games. It's so yeah, game yeah. script dependent. The the Duggan one I like the under simply because I do think the TCU is probably going to try to run him more to mm-hmm. kind of lighten up the box or not lighten up the box, but at least make Georgia play eleven on eleven to make things easier for the run game as a whole. Stetson, uh, I, I'm more confident on Duggan being under than I am under Stetson. All right, what about uh, for rushing touchdowns? I'm going to oh, hold on one more passing prop. Okay. Stetson over half interceptions. <laughs> Just, He'll throw one. Yeah. And when you see it, so much joy. Like, even on the Stetson rushing prop, he rips off a big one. We still are a 15-yard loss because of a sack 
away from like <laughs> seeing it all go up in flames. But he throws that first pick. You are in it. You cash that right there. I also don't like a. I also like Stetson rushing touchdown uh, over a half at plus value. You might be able to rock with that for a while. I could see that. Um, Max Duggan, Kenny McIntosh, Amari DiMarcado, and Dejan Edwards all sitting around half as the rushing touchdown. Uh, any one of those names that you would want to jump on. The most juiced is Kenny McIntosh. Uh, the most juiced the opposite way is Dejan Edwards and DiMarcado. I would take Duggan plus 120. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of RPO stuff. If they're in the red zone area, I think you're going to see a lot of that kind of stuff from their offense. So I would take Duggan. I, I could see that. Um, Edwards makes some sense. They could, but Kenny also catches the ball really well. So, you know, I, I, I guess I understand the juice on, on Kenny there. I, he's probably the primary back just because of the receiving threat here. I've got him as my uh, first touchdown scorer. I'm going to do a CBS Sports HQ hit here in just a little bit outside the stadium. And if first, first touchdown scored, I was like, let's go, let's go Kenny McIntosh, baby. You got two ways to do it. They could run him down in the red area, or they could end up throwing it to him on something short where he ends up plunging in for the first score. You mean Big you Bad Lad uh, 10 to 1 for the first TD? Who? Big Bad Lad. Big Bad Lad. Lad mm-hmm. um, I, I've got one for you here. Uh, that's pretty crazy if, if you want to throw it out. I, I've got like 10 bucks on this. Jordan Hudson, first touchdown score at 75 to 1. They tried to get him the ball more against Michigan. He was a big time recruit. I could he's a pretty explosive kid. I I could see him, you know, maybe getting single coverage if, if oh, yeah. focused on Quentin Johnson hitting an explosive play. Um that's just one that kind of stands out to me. I, I, you know, um he he could make some sense there. Like AD Mitchell as well. I, I had AD Mitchell overs in, in the semifinal. I'll, I'll be on eight, pretty much all the AD Mitchell overs in this game as well. I think he's Jordan's best receiver. And uh, like principally, he has like the model's not going to spit out great numbers just because he's missed so much time. He's missed like almost the entire game yeah. or almost the entire season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, um, there's some, what, 10 to 1 out there, I think, on, on him first touchdown score. Mm-hmm. Georgia's given a lot of respect to, uh, to the non Quentin Johnston receivers. Not, not that like, I mean, they're terrific. It's one of these funny things like, yeah, no, uh, duh, they're terrific coaches. They're not just going to be like brainwashed by the one thing that fans or even like some analysts would be. But I've, I've definitely gotten the sense that they are, they, they are not thinking that all we got to do is bracket Quentin Johnson. Everything else is going to be fine because whether it's Hudson, whether it's Davis, you know, um, whether it's Tay Barber, like they're, they are very much aware of uh, all the different ways that TCU can, uh, can pick you apart. What about for uh, for receiving touchdowns? You said you're going to be on AD Mitchell. You'll be able to get that at plus a half. Brock Bowers, near close to even money at plus a half. Lad, big. See, I would do big bad lad plus uh, plus one seventy five. Score a touchdown anytime goal score. I don't. I don't hate that at all. Touchdown. Any other receiving ones? Uh, no. I mean, I, I like Lad McConkey as the first score as far as betting on. I mean, Quentin Johnston. At plus one fifteen seems like decent value. Honestly, a bet I like more than anything is there if your book's offering it is they offer the longest touchdown, the team to score the longest touchdown. TCU's at plus one forty. I mean, George is very capable of big play touchdowns, but I feel like TCU might have to have big play touchdowns. 
Who's going to be actively taking shots at big play touchdowns more between TCU and Georgia? You're going to be having more shot attempts as the, like in terms of trying to get these big play touchdowns. I Mm -hmm. I like that at all. Um, Let's see. Let's, we got one from the chat total field goals over under two and a half. My game script has more. I think they each kick a couple. So both these teams have good kickers. So there is that chance that they kick more of the longer range ones. And TCU doesn't score as well in scoring position as it does sometimes from out of scoring position. But I will say, like, this is heavily correlated your game script just from this standpoint. If either of these teams are up big, they're probably not kicking field goals. You're going to need, like, if you think this is a blowout, I wouldn't bet this because... Mm. Like the final 20 minutes of the game will not feature very many field goals. Like maybe Georgia puts one on just to attack the lead up a little bit more. But like when teams are up big, they don't kick field goals for the most part. They kind of just, you know, like for the final drive type stuff. And the you, you, like your other dance partner is kicking zero field goals if they're down big. Like they know that like to get back in the game, they have to to score a lot of points. And like nobody's trying to save face in a national title game. Sometimes in a regular season, you want to try to like, okay, like let's just get out of here without getting embarrassed. That that type of stuff. Yeah, I'd probably stay away from the over on that. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, what is the what is the game script? Let's go final final best bets, final predictions. Uh, what kind of score do we like? Georgia forty one. TCU twenty eight. We'll go. Uh, is that a push? A push if you have it at thirteen. Might be at some books. We'll go Georgia forty to twenty-one. Forty to twenty-one, Georgia in the slight under. Yeah, yeah. I've got uh, Georgia thirty-four, TCU twenty-seven. So I got a couple of field goals for each of these teams, and the game script that I see. Maybe has us entering the like entering the fourth quarter, 31-13, you know, where you're just like, all right, okay. And then TCU hits a couple uh late, maybe gives a little taste if you got that over. But I do think ultimately we end up coming under the number. I like I like that both teams are able to move the ball with 34-27, but understanding that there's gonna be some red zone stops because both of these offenses and defenses have been able to come up with big red zone stops uh so far this season. You exci- I mean, this is exciting. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm kind of sad, honestly. It's the last game of the season. A little bit, little bit melancholy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, here in Los Angeles, it's 55 degrees and rainy. So if you want to really feel the sads, just, come just stand outside the stadium. As you can see, there's a beautiful sunny day here in Chicago. They should have played the game here. Yeah, come on. And, and they like, I haven't been to SoFi Stadium, but... It's like open air, yes. but not quite. You're gonna open. be cold. You better bring yeah. a jacket. Yeah. I mean, I've got Chip. Uh, have you seen Washington walking around or limping around? What 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 are we thinking on Washington for this? He's walking around. He's out of the boot, and it's you know the like we're gonna get him out there. You know, go through warmups and and see how things look. And Kendry Miller, I assume, is probably not going. They're they're saying 50-50, and the thing that I've heard that has stood out to me was um, 
with some injuries, you know, you, you can just go out there and give it a go. But when we're talking about a, a sprained knee or something like that, you've got to take into consideration that young man's future. When I heard that, I was like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, the official line is they're going to get him out there on, they did uh, like a, they called it like a speed through, like their version of a walkthrough. They did it yesterday afternoon. They like going to give him a chance to go. And then we'll see if whatever they learned from that leads to him even trying to get out there for warmups today. But when, when the conversation around Kendra Miller was like, well, with injuries like this, you got to take into consideration the young man's future. I was like, all right, he, he wants to play. I'm Mm -hmm. sure. Right. But um, they're not going to let him go out there if it's not safe for him. So we'll see. I would count on Amari DiMarcato being your RB one. Or at least leading the guys, team in rushing attempts. Do you guys like Jared Wiley at all? No, I hate him. <laughs> Why? I, I just, I, I, I feel like, like, I mean, Georgia's going to really try to take away the the best player for, uh, for, for TCU, who's Quentin Johnston. Right? right. Everybody else talks about the other receivers, but like Wiley's not a bad tight end. I mean, sixteen and a half receiving yards, even money. Uh, there's a couple ways you get to this, right? You get to it uh, by like one bigger pass where Georgia blows a coverage, which is possible. They do have some freshman linebackers, although they're, they're good players, but they're they're still freshmen. You also could get there with like two catches in garbage time if we get mm-hmm. to garbage time, where Georgia's conceding the underneath stuff. I I don't hate Jared Wiley at at, at over sixteen and a half. To be honest, Ooh. I don't I don't hate Tay Barber over thirty five and a half either. Just because, like, you look at where Tay Barber catches the ball, it's either behind the line of scrimmage on like those little screens, or it's downfield. So, <laughs> makes sense. Um, who wins MVP? Are there any MVP betting markets on this? Like, you can always bet Super Bowl MVP, but like, I don't know if you can bet MVP for the game. Have you guys seen that anywhere? I have not seen an MVP bet. But if, we, if there was, I would bet it, and then I would make sure that Chip in the press box tonight was betting that MVP for me because that's the yes. way that should be insider trading. Now, I, if there's an MVP, I mean, it depends who wins. It's going to be the quarterback of the winning team. Let's be real. If Georgia wins, Stetson Bennett's going to be the MVP. If TCU wins, Max Duggan's going to be the MVP. That's just how it always works. Yeah, there Have we go. Have you seen a defensive touchdown? Yes. Oh, no, I've only seen it for the first touchdown. I haven't actually seen a prop just for it. Or no, wait, let me see. Anytime score. Anytime score, yes. Uh, Georgia defense special teams, 2-1. to TCU defense special teams, plus 425. Can you bet the no on those? No. Yes, I I, I, I want to bet like no defensive touchdown. You could bet no touchdown. Especially after TCU got... (laughs) What is that, like 2001? Three thousand to one for yeah, for either that's team. Just, that's still way short. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just not, a field goal. Man, like me telling you, bet the under two and a half field goals and no touchdowns scored. Let's go. Let's watch the game tonight. Hey, listen, they used all their touchdowns. You know, both these teams they scored all the touchdowns. They don't have any touchdowns left. I'm sorry. You know, you just sometimes you just gotta say, well, you used all your tokens. You can't, we, we're not going back to buy more tokens, okay? I know you really, really want to get that big stuffed animal up there, but you scored all your touchdowns in the semifinals. Good luck with this field goal fest. Come on. Um, all right, I, I got to split here in just a little bit. You want to yep. keep rocking or? 
we have other news items to hit? Well, uh, oh, hey, uh, do we want to talk about Harbaugh speculation? Sure. I don't know what's changed, honestly. Well, okay. So I thought it was interesting that Rappaport's report said that like Michigan basically like said Michigan could end all this if they make him a top five paid coach, which mm-hmm. is like, is this really about money? I yeah. Maybe it is. Yeah. I think we all kind of assume Jim's different, right? And mm-hmm. doesn't care about the money as much. Maybe it's a respect thing mm-hmm. via money. I could definitely see that being the case. I mean, the fact that in that report, the latter half of the headline was literally or could Michigan end this by get with a new contract? It's like, okay, cool. Well, we know who's talking to who, and we know what the purpose of this is. Yeah. And yet, like other college people I talk to, think Harbaugh's gone. So I'm like, okay, this is this is an interesting split here. Um, I mean, it's pretty awesome that I mean, excuse me, not awesome. I do not. That's the wrong word here. But that's it. <laughs> it is. It is fantastic that we've almost got like a Pete Carroll USC thing going where he's getting hit with NCAA violations and then he could just like be out the door. I mean, not that the NCAA actually is doing anything right now, but misleading investigators and um, about potential minor violations. Like, I don't know if the NCAA decided they want to get chesty, are they going to come back with like a two game suspension on this? And does Harbaugh just decide that he's going to dip out uh, as this happens? I mean, this, I'm just saying it, it's all coming together. It, all the stories are lining up perfectly for him to make his exit. Uh, Why? NCAA, big air quotes here, trouble. Why do any of us pay attention to the NCAA or give a damn? Honestly, why? Like if the NCAA suspended Jim Harbaugh for two games, I wouldn't even sit out. I'd be like, okay, cool. And I would keep coaching. The NCAA does nothing for you anymore. It's not in charge of anything in college football. Who cares? He bought burgers for a recruit. Oh my God. It's so uh, freaking like, dumb. Is Michigan one of those schools that cares though? Yeah, like they feel like they're still like NCAA water carrier, you know, establishment type stuff for buying burgers. No, the, I, I think the it's the age lying. of nil. I think it's the lying. It's it's not the rule breaking. It's the lying about the rule breaking <laughs> for buying just burgers. Say, I don't remember. I mean, I just. Uh, I I just hit no receipt we just when they flip the iPad to the other side. I just hit no receipt. If playoff I have been is uh, what breaks away from the NCAA, I'm all for playoff expansion. Let's go. <laughs> have been um, trying out Harbaugh's sort of like equivocation with with my wife, and it's not going well. Right, I'm like nobody knows what the future holds, but I intend for the trash cans to be out by the road. Like <laughs> this is try it, Chip. Like like it, Tom, try it at home. It, it's it's very. Uh, I expect I I will be enthusiastically finishing these jobs by the end of the day. (laughs) I just do like daycare pickup. Like nobody knows what the future holds, but I do expect to pick up the kids. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, it should be a lot of fun. We, after the game is done, um, we'll be here live at youtube.com slash cover three with all of our instant reaction. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Bud Elliott three. You can follow me at chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Lovey. See y'all.